Law enforcement, we love them. They keep us safe. In the last two years alone, ICE officers have made 200, listen to these numbers, 266,000 arrests of criminal aliens, including those charged or convicted of approximately 100,000 assaults, 40,000, 40, 40,000 larcenies, 30,000 sex crimes, 25,000 burglaries, 12,000 vehicle thefts, 11,000 robberies, 4,000 kidnappings, and 4,000 murders, 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 killings, murders. If we cut detention space, we are cutting loose dangerous criminals into our country. Slashing ICE detention is the first step of many for the far left. I call them the radical left. We will never abolish ICE. They want to abolish ICE. We're never going to abolish ICE. So let me state very clearly to those pushing this ridiculous and radical agenda. I will never sign a bill that forces the mass release of violent criminals into our country. And I will never abolish or in any way mistreat our great heroes from ICE and Border Patrol and law enforcement. We will always stand with those brave men and women. We'll always be with them. We're going to take care of them just like they take care of us. Remember that. Remember that. Now, I have to tell you, as I was walking up to the stage, they said that progress is being made with this committee. Just so you know, we're building the wall anyway. They say that progress has been made with this country. Just now, just now. I said, wait a minute, I got to take care of my people from Texas. I got to go. I don't even want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about it. So I don't know what they mean. Progress is being made significant. Now, what did happen? is the Democrats were being hit really hard on the concept of releasing criminals into our society. That has not been playing well. So maybe progress has been made, maybe not. But I had a choice. I could have stayed out there and listened, or I could have come out to the people of El Paso and Texas. I chose you. No, I chose you. So, so we probably have some good news, but who knows? Who knows? Well, we're, we're setting the stage, folks. You know what it's called, right? 
It's called we're setting the stage, we're setting the table, we're doing whatever we have to do. The wall's being built, it'll continue, it's going at a rapid pace. The Rio Grande, it's happening, go check it out. We proudly welcome those who come lawfully and support our values in the United States and that want to strengthen our society and help us with all of the companies moving into the United States, moving back. They left us. Now they're moving back, many of them. In some cases, maybe all of them, but they all want to come back because the United States is where the action is. Very simple. And it is, we're most proud of the fact, you look at the car companies, they're moving back, they're going into Michigan, they're going into Pennsylvania, they're going back to Ohio. So many companies are coming back. And by the way, that's why I want people to come in to our country, but they have to come in legally and they have to come in through merit, through merit, so they can help us build our country. Make America great again. Pretty soon, we're going to be singing, Keep America Great. Keep America Great. Pretty soon, Congressman. Keep America Great. We'll have to switch over. Tell me. Tell me. Campaign sort of started because you have these people that nobody ever heard of. They're all running for office. I said, who is that? Well, that person was a mayor of a city that was defeated. Well, how about Beto? Beto was defeated too, right? But he suffered a great defeat. Watch what the news does tomorrow, though. They won't mention the disparity. They won't mention the disparity tomorrow. They'll say, Beto O'Rourke. That's his last name, right? O'Rourke? Beto O'Rourke had a wonderful rally of about 15 people. Now, when they get honest, when the media starts becoming honest, and maybe they will, because we've done something that's never been done before. We have suffered a totally dishonest media, and we've won, and it's driving them crazy. It's driving them crazy. It's driving them crazy, but look at them. They still come. I've never seen anything. But illegal immigration hurts all Americans, including millions of legal immigrants by driving down wages, draining public resources, and claiming countless innocent lives. You see what's going on, folks. You know what's going on. They give you all of these phony stats. Say, oh, it's the same. It's the same. Not the same. It's a bad situation going on, and we've stopped it. We are taking out thousands and thousands of people from MS-13. We're bringing them the hell out of our country. Thousands. But if we had proper border security, including a very powerful wall, we wouldn't have to work so hard.
and it would be a lot safer and a lot better. My administration is committed to ending illegal immigration while modernizing our legal immigration system, which has been in terrible shape for many, many decades, to prioritize the admission of those who can support themselves financially and contribute to our economy, people that come in on merit, merit, merit. Instead of random lotteries and chain migration, chain migration, that's another beauty. We want a merit-based system for entry. This will improve living conditions for all Americans living here today, both immigrant and U.S.-born. Everybody's going to be happy. And we need the people to take care of these companies that are moving. Our unemployment rate, real unemployment, 3.6, 3.7, and going down. Had a little blip because of a thing called the shutdown. But remember this, went up to four. I said, boy, that's, you know how low four is? Do you know anybody else, any other president would have said, please give me four, please. We had a little blip, went up from 3.7 to four just quickly. But you know what? If we didn't do that shutdown, we would not have been able to show this country, these politicians, the world, what the hell is happening with the border. That was a very important thing we did. And the fact is, illegal immigration is a heartbreaking human tragedy. One in three women is sexually assaulted on the very long and dangerous journey north up to our country. Sex traffickers, these are the worst human beings on earth, exploit our porous border to sell young girls and women into modern day slavery. You wouldn't even know that. Nobody knows that. And by the way, do you think they come in through the ports of entry? I listen to the Democrats. Let me be nice. Just say the Democrats. I won't be specific. And they say, oh, everything comes through the port. They don't do that. They drive out where there's no barrier, no wall. They make a left. Congratulations, you're in the United States. That's all. If you have three women tied up in the back seat of a car, you're not going through, folks, a port of entry where they do look in the back seat, at least, right? Drugs pouring through the border kills tens of thousands of innocent Americans a year, including heroin, meth, cocaine, fentanyl, so many others. They come through the southern border. We have a drug problem over the last six, seven, ten years like we have never had before. We can have such a big cut in the numbers, in the percentages, if we get the wall built, if we have a strong wall with other things. But we need the wall, and it has to be built, and we want to build it fast. The number of illegal immigrants crossing our borders is so large that we've nowhere to hold them. We have to build. They want buildings. They want jails. They want these people. How about the word caravan? Caravan. I think that was one of mine, but it looked like a caravan. Well, you have thousands and thousands of people coming from Guatemala, 
from Honduras and El Salvador, and they march up through Mexico. And by the way, if we didn't have walls in those areas, in some cases that we put up, in many cases where we reinforce, in many cases where our great military helped us with barbed wire, you would have people pouring in. They don't pour in. The problem is our laws are so bad that there's no way we can quickly remove them. Other countries say, get out of here. We have to bring them through a court system. We sign their names. They touch our land. We sign them up. We explain to them, please come back in six years for court. And only the dumbest people show back up. Nobody ever shows. Nobody comes back in. Like 2%. They go in to our country. The good news is we have great law enforcement and many of these people, we know where they are. And we're going to get them the hell out. But we have to change our laws. So right now, we have a backlog. You won't even believe this. Other countries don't do this. Somebody walks into our country, we bring them to court. We have now a legal, we need Perry Mason. We have a legal case. Nobody else does that. Other countries say, get out. Can't come in. You're not a citizen of whatever country. We bring them in. So listen to this. Right now, we have almost 900,000 cases. 900,000. How many judges are going to take care of? We're going to have to hire tens of thousands of judges to do that. 900,000 cases. How stupid is this? This was a system put in place by really dumb people or people that did not have the best interests of our country at heart. And there's no place better to talk about border security, whether they like it or not, because I've been hearing a lot of things, oh, the wall didn't make that much of a difference. You know where it made a big difference? Right here in El Paso. And I've been watching where they've been trying to say, oh, the wall didn't make that much. Well, you take a look at what they did with their past crimes and how they made them from very serious to much lesser. You take a look at what the real system is. I spoke to people that have been here a long time. They said when that wall went up, it's a whole different ball game. Is that a correct statement? Whole different ball game. I'll give you another example, and I don't care whether a mayor is a Republican or a Democrat. They're full of crap when they say it hasn't made a big difference. I heard the same thing from the fake news. They said, oh, crime actually stayed the same. Didn't stay the same. Went way down. And look at what they did to their past crimes. And look at how they recorded those past crimes. Went way, way down. These people, you know, you think they'd want to get to the bottom of a problem and solve a problem, not try and pull the wool over everybody's eyes. So for those few people that are out there on television saying, oh, it didn't make too much of a difference. It made a tremendous... People from El Paso, am I right? It's fake news. It's fake. I'm telling you, it's just fake news. And you know what? You wouldn't even have to know. You can say that automatically without even knowing. It's like, 
It's obvious. It's common sense. Just a few thousand feet, as an example, from where we stand right now on the other side of the border, it's one of the most dangerous cities in the world, Juarez, Mexico. Well, the people at Juarez agree. Yet, Thanks to a powerful border wall in El Paso, Texas, it's one of America's safest cities now. Now listen to this. So, you're talking a few feet away, right? A few feet. Got a wall. It's a few feet away. Last year, Juarez had 1,200 murders. El Paso right next door, a few feet away, had 23 murders. That's not good either. But 23 compared to 1,200. Walls work. Actually, there's nothing like them for what we're talking about. We want to stop drugs. We want to stop traffickers. We want to stop criminals from coming in. Walls save lives. Walls save tremendous numbers of lives. The biggest proponents of open borders are rich liberals and wealthy donors. These are hypocrites who oppose security for you while living their entire lives. I do too, to be honest with you. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I also live behind walls, okay? They live behind walls and gates and they have guards all over the place. Me too, because I want to be safe and I want to make America safe, if you don't mind. So security should not belong only to the rich and to the powerful. Safety is the birthright of every American, which is why we must finish the wall. Because walls are not immoral, as it was said. Human trafficking is immoral. Drug peddling is immoral. Child smuggling is immoral. Sanctuary cities that get Americans killed, they're immoral. Open borders are dangerous and immoral. My administration has put forward a compromise that really is a compromise, and I hate to even compromise on things like this, but it's showing common sense, it's compassionate, and it's going to solve our problem and the cost is a fraction. When you look at the drugs that are pouring across from Mexico, if it stopped a small percentage, and it won't, it'll stop a large percentage, it would pay for itself in a matter of weeks. That's the kind of numbers you're talking about. A matter of weeks. And by the way, I, I hate to say this because we have a very good relationship, but Mexico had the highest number of killings that they've ever had. Almost 40,000 people were murdered in Mexico. Mexico's not too far away. And we need to take care of our people, and we're going to do that. And it's happening, and it's happening a lot faster than anybody thought. And I love that sign. Thank you. What we're proposing 
includes humanitarian assistance, drug detection at our ports and everywhere else, closing legal loopholes, which is a big problem, and plans for a smart, strategic, see-through steel barrier or wall. Let's go to walls. This wall will be built in the areas identified by border agents as having the greatest need while safely directing people in commerce to our many lawful ports of entry, which we're beefing up in every way. Structurally, we're beefing up the ports of entry, and mechanically, we have equipment now that can spot drugs. It's incredible stuff. It's expensive. It's incredible. By the way, there is nothing better than a good old-fashioned German shepherd. It's hard to believe. It's true. You know, I, I was with the people, and they're showing me this incredible computerized stuff and where it goes. I said, could I, because Secret Service took me out to the place and they were showing me these German shepherds are unbelievable. They'll run past all these empty boxes, and one of the boxes has drugs in it deep down in a box. And there comes to a screeching halt, barking at them every time. So I asked the people that sell the machinery, had a lot of money. I said, let me ask you a question. This stuff is incredible. I'm really impressed. How does it compare to a German Shepherd? Guy looks at me and goes, sir, honestly, it's not as good. Can you believe it? German Shepherd. Certain types of dogs. Pretty good. You do love your dogs, don't you? I wouldn't mind having one, honestly, but I don't have any time. I don't have time. I look walking a dog on the White House lawn. Would that be? Right? Sort of not for, I don't know. It doesn't, I don't feel good. Feels a little phony, phony to me. A lot of people say, oh, you should get a dog. Why? It's good politically. I said, look, that's not the relationship I have with my people. We want to have, yeah. Obama had a dog, you're right. Both parties should come together to finally create a safe and lawful system of immigration. The American people have waited long enough. We must secure the border, pass Kate's law, and catch and release. Shut down sanctuary cities. You know, we need Democrat votes to do that. Deport criminal aliens and keep the coyotes and traffickers and drug dealers the hell out of our country, please. And the Democrats also need to confirm the more than 300 highly qualified nominees who are sitting in the Senate waiting for confirmation, people that have given up their lives to work in the Trump administration, and the Democrats aren't approving them. It's a record. It's total obstruction. It's a record of the history of our country. There has never been. Some people left their job a year and a half ago, two years ago, to become an ambassador or to work in one of our many great agencies. And we can't get Schumer and his friends to approve them. It's total obstruction. There's never been anything like it. Very, very unfair. Very unfair to these people. In many cases, seriously, they've left jobs. And they're waiting and waiting and waiting. 
They're slow walking, every single one of them. It's a disgrace. As we fight to protect our borders, we must also protect our newfound prosperity. My administration has taken the toughest ever action to crack down on years of China's abuse, and its trade practices have been very unfair. And I have a lot of respect for President Xi, but he's representing China, and I'm representing the United States. We're also replacing one of the worst deals ever made, probably the worst trade deal ever done, although I happen to think that the WTO is not so good either. We're replacing NAFTA with a brand new U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement that everybody is loving. Got to get Congress to approve it. We got to get Congress to approve it. We'll get it, I think, done. I mean, there's such obstruction in Congress. You know, they won't even do things that are good for our country now. They would rather have Trump have a loss than get something that's so good for our country. Our farmers are happy. Everybody's happy. And it's going to be jobs. You know what it does? It stops companies from moving out. It makes it very hard economically for companies to say, hey, thanks a lot. We're firing everybody. We're moving to Mexico. Makes it very, very hard. You know, that's been a bone of contention for me for many years. I've seen 25% and more of our automobile business move to Mexico. And it's not going to happen anymore. Not going to happen anymore. Unless they want to pay nice, big, fat tariffs to send their cars back into this country. We've achieved, and by the way, tariffs have had an incredible effect. Just ask the folks in China, how are we doing with tariffs, you ask. And you ask, how are we doing in our negotiations? The fact is, and I say it openly, either they treat us fairly or they have to pay for the privilege of coming in and taking our wealth and taking our jobs. It's very simple. It's very, very simple. And if you look back at our country when we were very rich, when we had no debt, when we had no problems economically, you take back, you take a look. 1888, the great tariff debate. You know what the debate was about? Our country had so much money they had to debate what the hell to do with all the money because tariffs were bringing in a fortune into the United States. So at a minimum, countries are negotiating with us very seriously because of the fact that they don't want to have to pay to come in and take advantage of our country. That's at a minimum. Check it out. 1888. Have the press check it out. They'll say, Donald Trump said 1888. <laughs> We've achieved the largest decline in drug prices in 46 years, prescription drugs. And I'm asking Congress to work with me to make prescription drugs affordable for every American family. We just got the largest decrease in drug prices. Think of that. And it's not easy. It's not easy. Because we have middlemen that take care of a lot of people for a lot of years, these middlemen and the drug companies. But even worse, the middlemen. And we're cutting the middlemen out. I'm, they're not going to like me very much. These people, they made a lot of money. But think of that. The better, first time in 46 years. And now we're going to phase three. We did one, 
statutorily. We did two statutorily. Now we go to phase three. We're getting your drug prices down. We're embarking on bold initiatives to defeat AIDS. Who knew that? We have medicines now that work wonders on AIDS. We're looking to be AIDS-free in not many years as a country and maybe help also the world, the world. So we want to defeat AIDS and we want to defeat childhood cancer. We've made tremendous strides, tremendous strides. In the Middle East, our brave warriors have liberated virtually 100% of ISIS in Iraq and Syria. Now, you don't hear that from these people. Now, we've taken back soon. It'll be announced soon, maybe over the next week, maybe less. But it'll be announced very soon. We'll have 100%. When I took over this country, it was a mess. And if I wouldn't have been elected, you know, I have so many people, I was just walking up, and every time it happens, Sir, thank you. Thank you very much. This guy, he's, he's like a monster. No, no, it's true. These people. This guy, he's like a monster. He's like this monster football player, a big, strong guy. He says to me, he says, thank you very much. I don't know what they're saying, but that's okay. No, he's this big, strong guy, and he's crying. And he said, Mr. I'm walking up, Mr. Pre and it happens all the time. Thank you very much, Mr. President. I said, for what? He said, you've saved our country. Our country was going in the wrong direction. You've saved our country. Thank you. I've had so many people say that. So many people. You know, the truth is, though, I didn't save our country. We're now heading in the right direction. It's very tough because we have so many things we're fighting, including these people, but so many people that we're fighting, so many people that are either foolish or ill-intentioned. But you know, I didn't save our country. You know who saved our country? You saved our country. You saved our country. God. Because it's never, nothing like this has ever happened before. And you know what? The world is watching. And when prime ministers and when presidents and kings and queens, they talk to me, they say, congratulations on what's happened with your economy, Mr. President. It's incredible. They're emulating what we're doing. They can't believe it. So we continue to decimate the remnants, because there are always going to be remnants. We can take the area, the land. We'll soon have 100 percent. But they're always remnants. They get out. They wrap themselves in bombs. They're crazy. They're lunatics. But you're always going to have that. But we want to bring now, get 100%. It was so bad when I took over. It was going the opposite direction. Syria, we want to bring our troops back home. It's time. It's time. It's time. And thanks to the extraordinary service of our military in Afghanistan, 19 years we're in Afghanistan. We may now be able to seek a political resolution that, frankly, they've wanted to talk about for a long time. We've hit them very hard, but it's been 19 years. Think of that, 19 years. We spend more on military in Afghanistan, $50 billion a year, 
than most countries spend on their entire country, health care, education, everything. We spend more than they do. It's time to start thinking smart for our country. We want to build our country. We want to spend money in our country. We want to build our roads and highways and bridges and dams. And last month, the United States recognized the legitimate government of Venezuela and condemned the socialist brutality of the Maduro regime. Everywhere socialism has been, everywhere it's been implemented, it's produced poverty, misery, repression, and despair. You take a look, no matter where. Yet there are those trying to implement socialism right here in the United States. So I again say to you, I say it for the world to hear, America will never be a socialist country. Never. Never. We're born free. We will live free. And we will die free. We will always be free. Each of us here tonight is united by the same timeless values. We believe in the American Constitution and our great rule of law. We believe in the dignity of work and the sanctity of life. We believe that faith and family not government and bureaucracy, are the center of the American way. We believe in religious liberty, the right to free speech, and the right to keep and bear arms. We believe that children should be taught to love our country, honor our incredible history, and always respect our great American flag. We believe that the first duty of government is to be loyal to its citizens, and we live by the words of our national motto that we are going to keep, we'll never change this, in God we trust. are the beliefs, traditions, and principles that bind us together as citizens, as neighbors, as great patriots. These are the values that unite people all across the great state of Texas. From Houston to Austin, from Dallas to El Paso, from the Red River to the Rio Grande, the Lone Star State embodies the spirit of independence like maybe no other place anywhere in the world.
And you have always embraced the cause of American freedom like no one else. This is the state where William Travis, James Bowie, and Davy Crockett made their last stand at the Alamo. This is the state where a small band of patriots at the Battle of Gonzales, armed with a single cannon, stared down a foreign powerful army and declared, come and take it, come and take it, come on, take it. And Texas is the state where generations of farmers, ranchers, oil workers, and pioneers help build up the most extraordinary nation in all of human history. That's what we are. We were losing track. We didn't lose track anymore. We're straight on that track. Now, just like generations of Texas patriots who came before, you are going to make your stand. That's what we've done. We've made our stand and we've made it together. This is a big group of millions and millions of people that have come together like never before in our history. This has never happened before. And we've come for safety, for sovereignty, and for the sacred rights given to us by the hand of Almighty God. We are one united movement, one united people, and one United States of America. And together, with the proud and incredible and great people of the state of Texas, we will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. Thank you, Texas. Thank you.